Hello and welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. Once again, I'm writing solo this week, but there's lots of news to talk about. There's a lot happening with the Ashes right now. I'm not going to get too much into cricket, but I do think it's nice that we can finally talk about something as mundane and boring as cricket instead of talking about all these bullshit culture wars we've been having for the last 50 years. So that's my take on it. We'll be getting into that more later. On top of that, uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are planning to have a cage fight. And uh, I hope that it goes ahead and I hope that they both uh, severely injure each other. We're going to talk about that. And lastly, the Supreme Court over in the US has been doing a bunch of stuff the last few days. Bunch of stuff. And I'm here to explain it all to you and why it matters. There's some gay stuff there. There's some racist stuff there. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We're going to chat about that. Before we get into it, check out my uh, comedy special on YouTube. It's called All Right Next Joke. I think it's pretty good. Got some live shows coming up in Edinburgh. London just went on sale. There's also Zurich, a Melbourne show, a Frankston show, a show in Nary Warren. I've got the most interesting tourist schedule, I think, of any comedian I know. It goes from London, Zurich to Frankston. So head to my website, michaelshafer.com, for the tickets. Now, we're going to get into the episode, but as always, as always, as promised, we're going to listen to the best goddamn intro music in the podcast business because I spent $200 to have it made and I want to make sure I get my value. So please enjoy this intro music and then I'll be back with the news. And one small step for podcast. One giant leap for comedy. We are stripped down and ready to go. I'll never I'll surrender. But I ain't spending any time on it. Please explain. I'm going to. Okay? Welcome back to the show. Now, very rarely on this show do I talk about sport because I, I, I think it's kind of, uh, it's fun. I find it personally fun to watch, but often not a lot to say about in terms of what it means for the culture. But we've got to talk about the Ashes because uh, the big story this week is Australia going 2-0 up in the Ashes. And the interesting story is that our wicketkeeper uh, stumped one of the English guys who wasn't concentrating and he wandered out of his crease. Now, I'm not in Australia right now. I'm in London, and it is dominating the news in London because everyone hates uh, Australia in London. Fair enough. And I know that in Australia, it's been trending on Twitter for the last few days and how all the Australians, I think it's a fantastic move and how the English are whining about it. Now, look, I love that we're talking about this because just like for once, just for once in so long, the biggest story isn't some bullshit culture war about drag queens reading to your kids in a library. It's just nice that we can just talk about something unimportant, like whether or not this stumping was in the spirit of the game. Like, who gives a shit? And that's honestly the best thing about it. I never thought I'd say this, but thank God for cricket. It's so boring. It's I hate it. It's so shit. But it is doing this wonderful service for us right now it's giving us a break from all this bullshit, toxic culture wars, these, these pointless political discussions and ideology wars that we're having. It's so nice that just for a few days, we can enjoy the British being upset. And just for a few days, we can all come together 
and laugh at the British having a bit of a whinge because one of their batsmen got stumped. I think that's beautiful. Honestly, that's what we need. That's that's what the world needs for unity. Unity requires a common enemy. That's what it requires. Now, I know that fascists in the past have taken advantage of that theory and fascists, which I'm anti-fascist, I've always been anti-fascist. I'm against the fascists. I know that the fascists are like always concocting an enemy for us to unite and hate, you know, to, to bring the country together. Of course, the Nazis did that with the Jews and the communists and whatever. My point is, in Australia, I just think we can unite together more as a country if we hate a group of people. And if that group of people is not a, a disenfranchised minority, but is rather uh, British people. Because I think that if we all just get together and hate British people, who, let's not forget, are the original colonizers, the original abusers of power, I think if we can all just come together and hate British people for a few days, that's so good for national morale. I feel like if we can just hate British people for just the rest of the Ashes series and we win 5-zip and it's a whitewash, if we can just do that, maybe we'll come out of this stupor that we've been in for the last few years where we're just fighting over the dumbest things. And maybe we'll come out of it and be like, oh shit, I can't believe we were hateful towards Muslims and we were hateful towards Asian people and we were hateful towards Chinese people and drag queens and trans people and gay people when really we just should have hated the British all along. And that could be the one saving grace that comes out of cricket is that it reminds us of who the true enemy is. And the true enemy is this crumbling empire in Europe. The British Empire being led by a bunch of inbred pedophiles in the royal family. I mean, what is there? What is what can't you hate about that? It's it's such an easy thing to hate. They're translucent, they're pale, they're ugly, ugly people. They all their power stems from generations of plun of, of pillaging and plundering the world and enslaving large groups of people. And and we have them to blame for all of the problems that that we now face in the world. Finally, cricket is a reminder that we can just hate them instead of hating minorities. And now we can all come together as one. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's a reminder that, you know, life can be good in Australia. Life can be good. We just need to have uh, an enemy to hate. And preferably that enemy uh, is not a disenfranchised minority. Now, my favorite thing to come out of this whole saga, this whole alleged Australia cheating saga, is the when the Australian team broke for lunch and they went back to their rooms, all like the local old Lords members at the ground went out and heckled them and yelled at them and abused them and called them cheats. And it's it's very fun to see British people get upset. It's very fun because, especially like old, rich, white dudes, because they are not allowed to be feral. They have to, rem even though everyone has that feral, uh, you know, disgusting side to them, because of like British pomposity, 
they have to suppress that and they have to present an image of sophistication and superiority even when they're behaving like fucking animals. So instead of like yelling, oh, you fucking dog, can't cheat, instead of yelling that, which is what a regular normal person would do, as these Australians are like passing them in the, the long room as they're going back to the rooms, all these old British dudes are just hissing, which is just the funniest shit you can imagine an old white man doing. They're just going hiss, hiss. It's incredible to watch. They truly are the most cringy, embarrassing group of people. And what a great group of people to unite to hate towards. I would also add that you'd think that this was made up, but I, I found out the names of the blokes who uh, got suspended for doing all the hissing and the abusing of the Australian players. And these are the names. Now, you might have heard these names already in the news because it has been discussed, but God, I just found this too funny not to bring up on the podcast. So I'm going to read through the names. You're going to think I'm making these names up. I promise you that these are real names and that they are real people. Imagine the kind of person that matches these names, okay? So these are the three people that got suspended because they were hissing at the Australian players and causing a bit of a ruckus. These are their names. Okay, the first one is Bartholomew. Already a good start. Bartholomew, not Bart. He goes by Bartholomew. Surname is Frinton Smythe. Frinton hyphen Smythe. So that's the first name. Bartholomew Frinton hyphen Smythe. I mean, just, you, you can't make this up. It's like when J.K. Rowling, you know, creates names for her characters in Harry Potter and she's like, oh, can I you know, give a name to my one Asian character that, that fits the bill. And, and they're like, oh, she's like, oh, I'll call it Cho Chang. Um, you know, so that, it feels like J.K. Rowling named these people. But no, 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 this is a, a real person. So Bartholomew Thrinton Smythe. Then next is Humphrey Wigbert hyphen Porter. So that's another name, Humphrey Wigbert Porter. Imagine, I mean, we've, we've, it's oh, Bartholomew and then a Humphrey. I, I mean, I thought you, are these people from a Charles Dickens novel? These people exist in 2023. Can you th- imagine that? These people exist in the year, in the 21st century. There are people with the name Bartholomew and Humphrey. The last bloke's name is uh, Quinton Breckenridge. Quinton Breckenridge. So that's, those are the names. Bartholomew, Frinton Smythe, Humphrey Wigbert Porter, and Quinton Breckenridge. I mean, these these sound like the names of, of slave traders uh, from the 17th century. I mean, these are the names of people who would have owned companies that transported slaves from East Africa over to the Caribbean. I mean, that's what these people's names represent. So I guess my point is it's nice to be able to hate a bunch of people who profited off human misery and human slavery. I think that's good for the country. It's good for the nation. And I think that anything that upsets these translucent, pale, shit-teethed British, old, racist uh, slave traders is good for the nation. Speaking of slavery, this is just an interesting story that I uh, came across this week because I'm currently based in London. I was in Amsterdam over the weekend doing some shows trying to make Dutch people laugh, which was uh, quite a challenge because Dutch people, I discovered, 
um, are allergic to, to joy and happiness. So um, getting them to laugh is, is kind of against their nature. But what I, I learned when I was in Amsterdam was uh, it was actually the 150th year of the Dutch abolishing slavery. So the Dutch, a lot of people forget about the Dutch because you think the big empires were like, you know, the British and like the Spanish, etc., etc. But the Dutch had a big empire going. People forget about the Dutch and people forget, oh, they were really awful, awful slave traders as well. Because we, you look at them now and they're like, oh, you know, windmills and everyone likes cheese and we've got the little nice wooden shoes and we've got the the windmills and the and everyone's got a bike and we're very green you know that's that's what we think of now when we look at dutch people but we forget they were uh awful awful uh human rights abusers and uh, it was 150 years uh on the weekend since they abolished slavery and so the king of the netherlands they have a king he came out and finally after 150 years he apologized for that country's participation in the slave trade and what i thought was fascinating when i was reading about the history of this is that when the dutch abolished slavery this was in 18 1863 they abolished slavery it kind of took them 10 years to actually kind of like follow through with it but in 1863 they abolished slavery and they apologized at the time to the slave owners think about that think about that like that's how like normal slavery was at that time that when they had to get rid of slavery they had to go to the owners and be like sorry about this you know like you know bloody everyone's gone woke that was like the first example of of woke culture i think was when slavery was abolished because you know that all you know the slave owners were like oh this bloody woke culture strikes again i can't believe i'm getting I'm having my rights to own and abuse and whip people taken away by the woke left. What's next? What's next? Women going to be allowed to vote? What is next? So you can imagine how the slave owners would react at the time. They'd be very upset. They lost all their slaves. And so at the time, the Dutch government apologized to the slave owners. And in fact, this is true, compensated the slave owners so they were given a a compensation depending on how many slaves they each had and I, i read about it this equates to 200 million euros in today's money so they base they basically the government said hey we got to abolish slavery because it's really really cruel and nefarious and you know also you know you know, the sponsors are pulling out, etc., etc. So, uh, we're going to cancel the slavery, but, you know, cancel culture, cancel slavery, but here's 200 million euros to get you by. Meanwhile, the slaves got nothing. The slaves were, like, kind of released, but they still had to pay, like, a stipend to exist. Slaves got no apology, no reparations. Now, then, no apology for 150 years. Now, you fast forward to the weekend, we're finally... The Dutch king comes out and apologizes. Sorry about that. Our bad. We should not have done the slavery. And it was bad. We should have stuck to the wooden shoes and the cheese and the windmills and the bikes and all that stuff. We should have done that instead. Slavery was bad. Bad idea. 
And that's good. Obviously, I think it's good to come out and apologize. But if I were a descendant of these slaves, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Where's my slice of the 200 million fucking euros? I mean, you gave away 200 million euros to these motherfucking slave owners 150 years ago. Where you, you apologize to them. They got some money. Now I'm getting apologies. Where's my goddamn money? Where are my euros? That's what I would be saying. I just think apologies without money backing them up means nothing. It mean, You know when people say you have to apologize and you know they don't mean it. Well, do you know what makes them mean it? Money. Money makes people mean things. I think that if you're going to do a proper apology and you want people to know it's real, you got to give out some goddamn euros. And I'm saying this as a Jewish person, by the way. Do you know how we know that the Germans are actually sad and regretful and remorseful about World War II and all the genocide stuff they did? Do you know how we know? Because when the war ended, the Nazis had to pay reparations. They paid reparations not just for starting the war, but they also paid reparations to the victims of the Holocaust, the families of the victims of the Holocaust. I only know this because my grandparents got reparations. I had a grandmother who was German who was um, obviously persecuted and like forced to leave her home, etc., etc. I think she had to pretend to be Catholic. She had to go into hiding or whatever. She had to be Catholic for God's sakes. What an awful thing to have to be. And so she got reparations for all that suffering. My, my grandfather also he spent a number of years um, moving between death camps, got some goddamn reparations. I mean, how hollow would it be if after World War II, the Nazis came out and were like, sorry about all of the, the gassing. Um, that got a bit out of hand. We, that's our bad. Sorry. And then just followed up with zero money. You got to give the money. Give them the money. And that's why I'm always like shocked by people who uh, ref- like will vote no on the voice to parliament in Australia in the end of the year because the, the Indigenous people aren't even asking for money. They're not even... I mean, they should get money. They should get reparations for the stolen generation, their, their, all the genocide, their, their land be taking from them. There should be some actual monetary reparations in that they're not even asking for that. They're just like, oh, can we just have this like tokenistic, symbolic position that kind of isn't going to really achieve anything worthwhile for the advancement of our people, but will make some uh, guilty white folk in the inner city feel better about themselves when they vote? Yes. Can we at least have that? And even then, people are like, absolutely not. That is too much. And if you want money, go fuck yourselves. So I guess my point is, if you're going to apologize for slavery and doing a bit of a genocide, give a bit of money. That's just my take on it all. Speaking of money, some of the richest people in the world, uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, they might be one and two, they are planning to have a fight. Now, this just shows how boring it must be to be a billionaire. Because when you're a billionaire, I can only presume you've got so much money, your life is so comfortable, and you're just kind of existing in this bubble outside of any real hardship that you need uh, some someone to hit you in order to feel something. I mean, we can only imagine the types of things these two are paying sex workers to do to them. I mean, 
you can only imagine the type of brutality that they are enduring on a nightly basis just to feel something. I mean, I'm, we're, you can really only imagine the amount of money they're paying for an East German lady in leather to attach electrodes to their testicles every night just so they can feel some sort of pain and suffering that reminds them they are human and alive. Because these guys are bored. They're so bored, in fact, that they've decided to like, call each other around and be like, hey, we're going to, let's have a fight. Let's do a martial arts fight. And that's because billionaires are bored. We saw that last week. Billionaires are so bored that they are getting onto uh, little uh, submersibles that are not uh, safety accredited and then going down to the bottom of the ocean to implode themselves. That's how bored these billionaires are that they're just actively trying to kill themselves in the most nightmarish, horrific manner. They're so bored that that's what they have to do to, to feel something. And my point is, and now that that's not really an option anymore because that's been done. Like if you're a billionaire, you, you have to like do something. You have to always be original. You have to do something new. You know, if these other billionaires are blowing themselves up at the bottom of the ocean, you can't do that now because then you look like you're just copying them. You know, that's kind of cringe. So wh- instead, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have decided that they're going to have a bit of a, a, a fight, an MMA cage fight together. And I got to say, I love this. I support this wholeheartedly. Any uh, hobby that involves billionaires like hurting each other, betting each other up, I think is beautiful. And I think that's something we could all get behind. I view this as kind of like the the opposite of what the Colosseum used to be. So if you've seen Gladiator featuring Russell, Russell Clay, what a great movie. That's all you really need to know about what I'm about to go into is that it, the Colosseum back in the day was where they would get uh, slaves and homeless people uh, to, to, to fight. They would get like the, the people right at the bottom of the, the hierarchy to fight each other and they'd be put in a, in a stadium and hundreds of thousands of, of extremely wealthy people would go to the stadium and they would cheer on as they would watch these poor, sorry, sad souls fight each other to the death. And every now and again, like an elephant would appear and trample on them. And then a lion would pop out of the ground and eat their face. And people loved that. And to be honest, it sounds like a lot of fun. Now, due to like OH&S reasons, we're not allowed to do that anymore. I presume it's the woke left that that stopped it. I mean, the woke left puts an end to everything. You know, like they stopped slavery. Boring. They, They stopped the Coliseum. Boring. What's next? My point is that... The woke left came along and said, no, no more cutting off the heads of slaves for the entertainment of a bunch of rich people who have nothing else to do on a Sunday because we haven't invented our church yet because we're pagans. Here's my point. Now, the, the world has just gone completely the opposite because now we're at a point where we're going to get the two richest people, basically. So we've got Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, the two richest people. They're now going to fight each other. You're going to get billionaires fighting each other. And we're going to have all these poor people tuning in, presumably on like pay-per-view, to watch it all around the world. It's 
the reverse of the Colosseum. And I think it's so much better. I personally think that just for this one fight, that we get rid of all the OHS rules that kind of constrain our normal lives. And just for this one fight, just hear me out, just for one fight, bring back the Lions. Just for one fight. I think just I think it'd be fun just to see someone get eaten by a lion in front of a cheering crowd again. I, and if, and and it's fun because they're billionaires. That's why it's fun. It's fun to see people who have too much money, who want to feel something, and as a result just have to beat the shit out of each other to feel something like they're in a fucking fight club. It's fun to see them have their face clawed off by a saber-toothed tiger. Now, you're wondering, will Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg agree to these terms? Well, first of all, they don't have to agree. It could just be a surprise lion, which I think would be the best way to use the lion. But even if they did know about it in advance, I'm sure they probably would agree with it. Because like I said, billionaires are bored. And what's more exciting than potentially getting eaten alive by an animal that you have previously hunted for sport on safari. Why not put that to them? I think it's good. I really, really hope that we can get this going. I really hope the woke left doesn't cancel this idea because I really think that if the... the, Look, the more billionaires we get rid of, this is my point, the more billionaires we get rid of, the more money we just have for us. Like that, it's a... It's a zero-sum world when you think about it. There's only so much wealth in the world. There, there, it really, you can't just manufacture money out of nowhere. If you print money, that's how you get inflation to go up. It's bad, right? So every time a billionaire uh, dies, whether it's because their vessel implodes uh, next to the Titanic or whether it's because they are torn apart by a tiger in front of a, a very um, an, an audience baying for blood. Either way, there is more money now back into circulation for the rest of us. So, look, ideal situation is that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, they fight each other and both get eaten by the lion at, at the end. Ideally, that's that's the probably the best case scenario because then think about how much better the world is at this point. Because then, firstly, Facebook and Twitter will either shut down or perhaps be taken over by someone, you know, who might have uh, less nefarious goals. Um, Or, I mean, not and, it's not even or, it's an and situation. And there's like a few, there's like an extra trillion dollars just floating around for us to do something. I'm just saying every time a billionaire dies, uh, we can like build a lot more hospitals. Like every time uh, as a billionaire, just, we just, uh, my point is these billionaires want to risk their lives and die anyway because they want to feel something in their little rich uh, bubble of abundance. That, that's what they want. They want to feel something. Let's give them that shot and hopefully they can both be taken out by the one lion. That's what I'm saying. Two birds, one stone, two billionaires, one lion. Don't let the work left cancel this idea. Now, I did mention that I'm going to talk about the Supreme Court over in the U.S. They uh, have have been on a big one the last uh, few days. So, firstly, they uh, they firstly struck down affirmative action in the U.S. If you don't know what affirmative action is, basically, um, a lot of universities in the U.S., including Harvard University, which is what the case was about, 
they have policies that allow like the university to account for a person's uh, ethnicity uh, and race and culture when they are offering them a place at the university. And the whole idea is to try to like build um, a, a diverse student body that creates a, a better uh, experience for all the students because you're exposed to different world views. And also, of course, it gives uh, groups who have been historically disenfranchised the opportunity to get a good education. And this has just been struck down by the Supreme Court. The, basis, the Supreme Court has basically said, no, we are living in a post-race world where the racism doesn't exist anymore. So you don't need this. And having these types of policies is actually racist because you then you're disenfranchising, you know, like white people who, as we know, have had a really rough time of it, a really tough time. White people have endured some terrible hardships. Remember that time that um, the slaves were taken away and then it was so bad the government had to apologize and give them uh, 200 million euros? My point, people, is that why, my point being is that clearly white people have suffered as well, and the Supreme Court, uh, you know, agrees and is sympathetic to that point, and is saying, "Yep, yeah, we got to get rid of these racist policies that help disenfranchised groups." Now, look, I'm talking about this because America drives the culture. You're probably thinking, "Well, what's the Supreme Court decision got to do with my life or anything that happens in my world?" Well, because America drives the culture. When they do something, everyone else follows along, and it becomes the talking point for the media. So, I mean, if you remember when the Supreme Court uh, got rid of abortion rights, or well, got, but they got rid of Roe v. Wade, and so all of a sudden, a, big, a lot of states were able to ban abortion. When the Supreme Court did that, all of a sudden in Australia, all these fucking right-wing Christian nut jobs came out and were like, ah, good on you, America and Australia. We need to put a, get abortion in the Constitution. And, yeah, and Christian, we need Christian white people and we need and women need to be back in the kitchen with and they need to be bearing my child so what happened that's what happened after that decision in america my point is it drives the culture so when they make a decision in the u.s it actually affects things are all around the western world including in australia and look i understand i think that diversity is obviously good but i do accept that sometimes just trying to tick a box is also bad as well. So, because the problem with like affirmative action policies is that when people know about them, what happens is you'll get someone who is from like a disenfranchised minority group who is actually really, really good and they're really successful and they rise up the hierarchy and they get to a position they deserve. However, because of the existence of affirmative action policies and diversity hires because of the existence of that in the culture people obviously will then look to that person and go oh just another so-and-so benefiting from the system and getting a handout so the problem i see with affirmative action policies is that it can actually be quite harmful to those people who do succeed on their own merit and are not given the credit that they deserve so what i think is this we should have affirmative action policies and diversity hiring policies. I think companies should have the university should have that. They should exist, but they should be a total secret. You shouldn't be telling anyone about them. It should just be completely under the radar because that way people aren't going to judge other people and be skeptical of how other people got to these particular positions. So what I'm saying is that we should be racist towards white people kind of in secret 
in the same way that white people are now racist towards everyone else in secret. Because you know white people are still racist, they just kind of keep it, it's not overt anymore. So used to, like white people used to you know, use the N-word. They don't do that anymore, but they're still like really racist and they still clutch their bag when they pass a, a black person on the street. So my point being is that just a little bit of like, um, we just keep doing the affirmative action stuff. I think that's good because you've got to have diverse people in employment and in universities and in decision-making powers. Just keep it a secret because the less the people know it exists, the better. Now, the other thing the Supreme Court has done, now this story is actually particularly fascinating, is there's always these cases about uh, gay couples, you know, getting a, a homophobe to, uh, you know, help them out with their wedding. So the classic thing that seems to be happening with gay couples is that they keep getting uh, homophobic bakers to make their wedding cakes for them. So uh, I don't know why, but it seems to be like, well, this is quite often happening in the US, is that a, a same-sex couple will walk into a, a bakery and they'll say to the baker, hey, um, would you like to make a couple for my big gay wedding? We're two blokes and we love to suck and fuck. And uh, if you could make a cake for us, that'd be great. And on the cake, instead of having like two groomsmen kind of like standing next to each other, we would like you to have the two groomsmen uh, 69ing each other on the top of the cake. It's our wedding. It's our big special day. Can you make that cake for us? And then inevitably, the baker is homophobic. And the baker will say, absolutely not. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in same-sex marriage. Uh, so no, I'm not baking that cake for you. And then the gay couple will be like, we'll see you in court, the Supreme Court, and we'll sue the goddamn pants off you. And then that's what happens. And then it goes to the Supreme Court, and then it's a big deal. And the Supreme Court has to decide who wins, the religious bigot or the gay couple that wants to suck and fuck each other on top of their cake. Now, that's kind of what happens a lot uh, in, these, in these culture wars. And the story this week was a similar one. So basically... There's this like graphic design lady who's Christian in Colorado. She makes websites, you know, for, for people getting married. You know, when someone gets married, they got to make a website for some stupid reason. So in, they have to, you know, you can't just have an invitation that has information. You have to be like, oh, I've got a domain. I've, 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 I've went on bloody GoDaddy and registered something. And it's, you know, sarahandandy.com.au. And, and you have to, you need an internet connection to find out about my wedding. So, someone who makes these wedding websites uh, said basically, hey, I'm a Christian lady. I don't believe in same-sex marriage. I should not be forced to make a website for uh, a same-sex marriage because I'm a bigot. And you're forcing me to go against my beliefs and say something that I don't believe in. So, no, I'm not going to be making websites for gay marriages. And the Supreme Court heard that argument and said, you know what, actually, that's fine. You don't have to make a website for, for gay people. We're not going to force you to do that. That is your right to refuse to make a website for a gay couple. Now, you might say, well, that's obvious. That's awful. Because now you're just giving uh, this bigot uh, the opportunity to deny service to a gay couple. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And that is awful. What I will say this though, if you are a gay couple and you are getting married, 
Stop employing homophobic people to help you get married. Stop it. Stop employing homophobic bakers to bake your cake. Stop employing homophobic website designers to do the goddamn website. Stop employing homophobic priests to pronounce you man and man. Stop doing this. I understand it's bad. I understand these people are bigots and they're assholes and they suck and they're awful. Which And so why would you want to give them money? Why would you want to employ them? Why would you want a homophobic man to make your cake? Are you going to trust what some religious Christian nut job is going to put in his goddamn cake? Are you serious? He's going to fill it with cum or some shit or Bibles or some shit. Just stop employing homophobic people. This is my, I know it's awful, but it's just, there's a, re, the reality is that there's always going to be homophobes out there who suck. There's always going to be bigots out there who suck. There's going to be some shit people out there. Just don't employ them. There's got to be heaps of bakers who don't hate gay people. Heston Blumenthal, uh, Zumbo, uh, I, I could make you a cake. It's not going to be good, but it won't be homophobic. Just stop employing homophobes. Employ some goddamn allies who are going to make you 69 on top of the cake and they'll fill up the cake, you know, with semen and they'll paint it rainbow and it'll be a beautiful gay cake. Stop employing the homophobes. This is my point. I got married a few months ago back in, uh, back in December, a big Jewish wedding, just a couple of Jews getting married, nothing to see here. Got some Jews getting married, big Jewish wedding. I'm not going to go and ask a Nazi to make my fucking cake. I'm not going to knock on the door of the fucking Q Clark's clan and be like, hey, Nazis, uh, this is a crazy uh, request, but I'm a big old Jew. I know that you're not a huge fan of my people, but I have heard you guys make the best goddamn cakes in the world. So would you mind making an exception for me and making a cake for my big Jewish wedding? And of course, the KKK will be like, no, you're a Jew. We can't make cakes for for Jews, normally we, we, we kill people like you. And what am I going to say? Oh, you bigots, you bloody anti-Semites, I'll see you in court. No, I'm just not going to go to the Nazis for the cake. I'll just go to, I don't know, someone who doesn't hate Jews. Who's just, hopefully, that's most people. I should be able to find someone who doesn't hate Jews to make me a goddamn cake. I could probably go to the Germans. They feel guilty enough as is. You know, getting, I'm getting reparations for all them, from them already. You know, my grandparents got reparations. If I went to the Germans and said, hey, make me a cake, they'd be like, absolutely, Jew. That's kind of in the contract that we have to do the reparations. And the cake, that's kind of, we, we are legally required to make you as big a cake as you want. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go to the Nazis. So I guess my point is this. I empathize and I sympathize with the plight of gay couples and how it must be hard dealing with this goddamn bigotry and stupidity all the time and must be frustrating when it is protected because it's someone's stupid religious beliefs. I empathize with that. I'm sorry that happens. It's awful. It sucks. But it is a reality. And instead of giving money to these goddamn homophobes, just give money to some uh, gay people are so creative. You can find a gay person to make your website. You can find a gay person to make your cake. And it's going to be way better than what any, any fucking homophobe is going to come up with anyway. That is today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to these rants. If you enjoyed this episode, give it a, a, a nice review on the internet. 
if you hated this episode, that's fine. You don't have to listen to the next one, but there will be another one next week. I hope you enjoy us. In the meantime, stay safe uh, and stay away from any homophobic bakers if you're planning to get gay married anytime soon. Good night.